stay up to date and engage with the financial world. You're listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. For the first six months of 2022, the S&P 500 fell by 21%, marking the worst first half performance in the past 40 years. While it has recovered some of those losses, it is still far below its all-time highs. Pretty much all the talking heads in the mainstream press have laid the blame on inflation. The conventional wisdom is that inflation will force the Fed to raise rates, which will compress price-to-earnings multiples, especially of high-growth tech stocks. At the same time, consumers will have their budgets stretched by high prices of essential items like food and gasoline. This will reduce their spending on discretionary items, causing corporate profits to fall. For example, the big short investor Michael Burry sees the S&P 500 falling by a further 25%, as he expects that corporate earnings will decline substantially. But is this true? Is inflation really bad for the stock market? In recent years, Argentina has been facing an inflation crisis far worse than the current situation in the US or Europe. The annualized inflation rate has recently surpassed 70%. There are mass protests on the street of Buenos Aires, and low-income workers struggle to afford basic necessities. And this is not a new problem. The inflation rate has been above 20% since 2016 and has gotten progressively worse since then. If inflation is bad for the stock market, you would expect Argentina to be in the midst of a Great Depression-level crash. But this is not the case at all. In fact, Argentina has been the single best-performing stock market in the world over the past 12 years, increasing by 4,500% compared to just 300% for the S&P 500. The Argentinian peso has depreciated by 97% versus the US dollar during the same period. So in US dollar terms, the Argentina stock market has underperformed. But this doesn't change the fact that you would have been 45 times better off holding Argentine stocks instead of putting your pesos under your mattress. And all these fear mongers talking about the impending inflation-driven market crash, they're not talking about real returns, they're talking about nominal returns. Even if stock prices increase less than inflation, but they still increase, that's no reason to dump your stocks. The Argentina example makes this abundantly clear. And even if you want to look at real returns, the results are still favorable. Since 2010, the Argentinian Consumer Price Index has increased roughly 24-fold, while the stock market has increased 45-fold. This means that an Argentinian investor would have made an 87% real return by investing in the stock market. That's 5.4% per year, not bad considering the economic turmoil the country has faced. So what is inflation? Inflation just means prices are rising throughout the economy. Inflation is measured by the Consumer Price Index, which is the cost of buying a representative basket of goods and services. Since the beginning of the pandemic, the cost of this basket has increased by about 14%. Prices in any market are determined by supply and demand. The inflation we are witnessing must either be caused by an increase in aggregate demand, a decrease in aggregate supply, or a combination of both. Real US GDP has completely rebounded from the pandemic lows. Growth was slightly negative in the previous two quarters, but it's still comfortably above 2019 levels. That means that the US is producing more stuff than it did in 2019. But this growth in the real economy has not been able to keep up with the massive increase in money supply by the Federal Reserve. Unemployment is at record lows, and consumers are flush with cash. They're buying more and more stuff, and this demand is pushing up prices. So how does this impact the stock market? Stocks represent ownership stakes in real companies, which generate revenues and profits. The value of said stocks thus depends primarily on profitability of the underlying companies. We know that companies on average have increased their prices. This is the definition of inflation. And since real GDP is higher than 2019 levels, they are also selling a greater quantity of stuff. 
by the simple mechanics, the nominal revenue of an average American company must be increasing. And we can see this clearly in the data. The S&P 500's revenue per share has increased substantially over the past two years, and now sits at an all-time high. Of course, companies aren't valued on revenues, they're valued on profits. While nominal revenues have increased, labor shortages have also forced companies to increase wages substantially. The direction of corporate profits depends on the magnitude of their price increases relative to the wage increases. Since the beginning of the pandemic, the median real wage of U.S. workers has decreased by 3%. The large spike in real wages that we saw during the height of the pandemic is purely because low-income workers were disproportionately laid off. So the remaining workers had a higher median wage. As the economy has reopened, this effect has reversed. Thus, the current numbers are roughly comparable to 2019. The fact that real wages are down means that companies are hoarding more of their profits for themselves. Again, this is borne out in the data. In the first quarter of 2022, S&P 500 earnings per share increased to an all-time high, and they're expected to increase even further in 2023. Of course, these are nominal numbers, but the level of the S&P 500 index is also measured in nominal terms. So in the current environment of 9-ish percent inflation, the real economy is still doing okay, and companies are easily able to push price increases onto consumers. But what if inflation skyrockets even higher to 20, 30, or even 40%? Would this be enough to cause a market crash? To see what happens to corporate profits during times of high inflation, we can look at the example of Argentinian companies. Cresud is the largest agricultural company in Argentina. They produce things like corn, sugarcane, and beef. Since Argentinian inflation started picking up in 2016, their agricultural revenues and profits have exploded. Of course, this is denominated in Argentinian pesos, so in real terms, the growth has been far lower. But interestingly, both their agricultural gross margins and operating margins have increased throughout this period as well. This shows that any wage increases they had to give their workers were more than made up for by the massive price increases that they were able to push onto consumers. Because of the skyrocketing nominal profits, Cresud's share price has increased 500% over the past five years. The stock is dual listed on the Buenos Aires Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ listing has declined by 66% during the same period. This is because the NASDAQ listing is denominated in US dollars. So if you were a US-based investor, this stock would have been a big loser. But if you were an Argentinian investor and your other option was to put your cash under your mattress, this would have been a big winner. This shows that during times of high and persistent inflation, at least some companies can protect their profit margins. Furthermore, the high inflation has not yet caused an economic recession in the country. Adjusting for purchasing power, GDP per capita has remained stable at the equivalent of 23,000 US dollars per capita. Argentina has retained its status as one of the richest countries in South America. Of course, eventually high inflation risks turning into hyperinflation, which will destroy a country's economy. But the experience of Argentina shows that a country can endure substantial inflation, even up to 50% per year, and still maintain relative economic stability. And it's not just Argentina. Another country facing serious inflation problems is Turkey. Consumer prices in the country are now growing at 80%. As an aside, this past April, the country officially changed the English translation of its name from Turkey to Turkey. Turkey is more similar to the Turkish pronunciation. Also, the word turkey can be confused with the large bird, which also goes by that same name. Similar to Argentina, Turkey's inflation rate has been soaring recently. And with the central bank cutting interest rates, we could soon see inflation reach triple-digit territory in the near future. The Turkish stock market index has massively outperformed the S&P 500, more than doubling over the past year. Even subtracting inflation, the index has yielded a respectable real return of 30%. 
Again, this is because companies are passing on price increases to the consumer. In February of this year, Credit Suisse published a research paper which compared the real returns of stocks and bonds to the rate of inflation. They did this for 21 countries from 1900 through 2021. If you want to read the report for yourself, it's linked in the description below. They found a negative correlation between real stock returns and real bond returns. Except for periods of significant deflation, stocks outperform bonds on average. If you add inflation to the real return, you get the nominal return. Based on the data in the chart, I did a rough estimation, and there appears to be a slightly positive correlation between nominal stock returns and inflation, at least when inflation is below 18%. When inflation is above 18%, you get really crazy nominal returns, such as what we've seen in Argentina and Turkey. Of course, this is not to minimize the hardships inflation can cause to ordinary people. Real wages tend to decline during periods of high inflation. Low-wage workers typically have the least bargaining power and get hit the hardest by price increases. From a social perspective, the number one goal of public policy should be to get inflation under control. But as an individual, there's nothing you can do about the public policy to tame inflation. But you can take steps to protect your own portfolio. Of course, past returns do not guarantee future results, and nobody knows for sure what the stock market will do over the coming months. But when you see people like Michael Burry warning about inflation and dumping all of his stocks, keep in mind that history is not on his side. You've been listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Don't miss a minute wherever you go. Wall Street Millennial, signing out.